At dusk on March 15, 1943, low overcast, the rumble of heavy bombers came from upstairs. I order cartridges in our PACs and triggers cocked, maybe enemy planes. Half the gun crew ordered to stand by their guns, but the rumble died away. Some of our bombers, I thought, on their way to unload in Italy or Crete. Ten minutes later, three gigantic black bats swooped down out of the low clouds to mast height on the other side of the convoy. Big as our ships appeared to be, noiseless like hawks diving on chickens. They had shut off their motors at a great height and dived in a surprise attack. The escort near us opened with a swarm of bright red tracers. We were the second or third ship to join in. One of the planes was too low to fire at without hitting a ship in line with it. The bomber crashed with a big splash from fire on a Greek destroyer on the other side. The other bombers zoomed up to a cloud cover, exposing their bellies to swarms of bullets. The ships could not miss, but I can't say I saw one of them crash. It was over in seconds. In those few seconds, we had nine guns going. Our air escort had streaked across toward the horizon, dropping identification flares so they wouldn't be fired on. These three were torpedo planes. None of their torpedoes took effect. By the time we got our nine guns going, all the other ships had joined in. The sky was filled with tracers going every direction into the clouds. Bombs were dropping from other planes. The ship shook from bomb explosions nearby, but no ship was hit. Our escorts were spreading smoke screens as they fired. We had made one emergency turn in unison on orders from the Commodore. After two minutes, we all halted our fire to listen. All was quiet upstairs. Brakes were appearing in the clouds. Now we made another emergency turn on signal from the Commodore. Ten minutes passed. The heavy rumble came again from another direction, hidden by clouds. A higher level attack. We all opened up with everything on the menu. Bombs fell again. None dangerously close. It was dark now. The half moon gave little light. After shooting the clouds full of holes again, we all stopped to listen. No sound from the attic. About half an hour passed. The sky was littered with scattered low cumulus snow. The moon between them was bright. We strained our ears. Our AWD buzzed intermittently, indicating planes were nearby. I told half our crew to watch for the stars for shadows across them. The other half to watch for U-boats. Presently, a faint rumble came from the other side of the convoy. A wide, low cloud was drifting across us. From beyond that cloud, a couple express trains suddenly roared towards us. I could hear them above the crash of all the guns that barked, snarled, and spit red death through the cloud. A stick of bombs dropped eastern of the Commodore in the next column. The concussions from others bumped our bottom. Then the enemy was gone for the official tally from our escort. Three Dorniers, one JU-88, and a probable unidentified. Out of at least a dozen that attacked. Not bad, if true. I can say only one positively, but the escorts can scout around to note the wreckage. Souvenirs for our crew were pieces of shrapnel off our decks. We arrived here next morning, the 16th. Shore batteries drove off a lone observation plane, and the fighter patrol later intercepted and crashed him at sea. Our booms were up and ready for discharge on arrival, but there were no stewards available until next morning. Then only one gang. Soldiers do the stewarding here. Too many ships at once this time. The sea transport office has made arrangements to work our DAC crew as an additional gang for a day or two until men are available. Arrived March 16th, forenoon, so Jerry, smarting for revenge and determined to stop the flow of supplies to the front lines from here, made a grand attempt that night, but it was costly for him. At 9 o'clock, 30 planes came over in a cloudless sky. We had ample warning, so we're ready for the attack. Three attacks came at intervals of an hour, covering an hour, I should say. What a barrage. Deafening. The sky was a luminous lattice of tracers. Searchlights put the finger on the plane after our nine guns joined in, of course, concentrating their fire on each plane as the probing fingers pointed them out. 
The port was like a forge in hell going full blast, filling the air with flying sparks. I saw one plane go down in each attack, silver stars in the searchlights, glare at first. They become red crosses in their downward plunge. They flew high but flattered, staggered, leveled off, staggered again, losing altitude, slowed down hopelessly, then their noses turned downward, or they turned sideways and grew big with amazing swiftness as they fell. Official tally this morning, March 17th, file positives and one pro babble. Our aircraft sighted a rubber raft this morning, 60 miles offshore, four men in it. A scout ship went out to look for it. Bomb damage here, negligible. Every man of our crew was on the job in both attacks, and I don't believe any of them were more scared than I. The gang is sure shaping up well. Two reconnaissance planes came over this morning, but their visit was short and sweet. It was, hello, goodbye. When the guns opened up, I hope their photographs are developed in seawater, for our fighters zoomed after them. There are plenty of sunken ships in the harbor, but none from our convoy yet.